the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning. Four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock, and for the next two hours, we're going to talk about cars, and you're welcome to join us. Obviously, earlier in the show is easier than later in the show. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. And let me see if I can just actually move my levels up just a little bit so I can hear you better. Nevertheless, Gil is the one that's running the show. He's the engineer. He's sitting in the front of the train. I'm kind of sitting in the back of the train enjoying the ride. If anything goes wrong, um, I want to remind you that it's Gil's fault. I'm in and front of the train? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Did they hear you say that, Gil? Yes. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, you are in front of the train when the train crashes, and then you're the hero when the train avoids a uh, a direct hit. 602-508-0960. If you're outside the Phoenix metropolitan area, we've got an equally easy number to do, 888-960-9696. That's the name, that's the, where we're at, 960 on the AM dial, then 9696. And you can call us from wherever you're at because we do have people that listen to us um, from a very far away. A couple of things real quick before we go into the show. Um, I, I want to I tell you that I tease people that have an engineering degree. Um, I tease them because oftentimes we are adverse to one another in the legal arena. So I'm working on a lot of cases right now that involve mechanical. Did the tire fall off before the crash or after the crash and stuff like that? And obviously the engineers oftentimes are on, on my side or our side or the side I'm on. And oftentimes they're on the other side. But over the years, I've had a, a lot of people from the educational arena say that when you're an engineer, you're just not an engineer of all things human and not. <laughs> that you have to have some kind of focus like hydrology or mechanical or metallurgical or biomechanical or whatever but usually you have to have some kind of focus um, because they don't really have a degree that just says you know everything in the whole wide world I tell you that with a smile on my face because many of the people I work with every day are engineers and we always have this kind of spirited discussion so I'm going to read you a note that I got (laughs) And this is just, this. it is what it is. Last week, we had a gentleman that called in, and he asked about a car that I'm just not real familiar with, so I referred him to somebody who was. And um, they ultimately had a talk, but this is the email I got from the shop owner. 
he says, um, the guy from the radio is going to drop off his car on uh, today. From our phone conversation, I am fairly certain that he's going to need a fuel distributor. He's as nice as a person can be. His breathing issues are complication from Agent Orange in Vietnam. And when he was on the show, he apologized for his voice. Um, and it, it wasn't a problem to me, but you sounded like you had a cold. Okay? So, anyway, he goes... Um, uh, now here is an anomaly that you're going to have a difficult time believing Mark this gentleman's an engineer and wanted to know in detail how the system works this is one of my favorite things to do except with engineers they're usually trying to impress me with how much they know instead of actually listening to the explanation to the question they ask me this gentleman, this Vietnam veteran, was just the opposite. He asked very intelligent questions and listened intently to my response. I was shocked. <laughs> to say the least, I'm shocked too. And then he goes on, this is the shop owner, and I have a bone to pick with you. As much as I appreciate all the kinds of words on the radio show, I, I think you said I get 9 out of 10 right. That implies I got one wrong. So my ego has to ask you, which one did I miss? And I'll, I'm going to tell you exactly the answer I gave him because I called him on this and we were both laughing together. You can't, when you're a radio talk show host, and there's no other way to put it, you have to lie. You have to lie, otherwise people aren't going to believe you. This is a good example. The good example is this. I can't say, oh, goody, every time I ask him a question, he tells me the truth because that's just not palatable. That's just not likely, and that's not the truth. Now, virtually every time I've talked with Goody, him and I have had a discussion. I left better off than I got there. But I said to him, I can't possibly say that you're right every time I call you because people are going to look at that as a lie. They're going to look at that as I'm trying to blow smoke up their skirt and tell them how great you are. So in reality... I'm always going to default <laughs> to, to, to a step or two down. And so I said, you got 9 out of 10 right. I can't tell you which one the, the one is, and I don't really care. The fact of the matter is, is it's just a matter of, I don't know how, what, how you would put it. I, I don't know if it's a matter of, it's just a matter of being on radio and knowing that much of what you say, um, you're likely to be attacked by at one time or another by the left or the right or the north or the south or the east or the west the non-technicians the technicians all that kind of stuff so i just do my best to walk the center of that roadway and there are times that i'm likely to exaggerate in a good way and there's like times i'm going to exaggerate in a in a bad way and in this particular case i just said nine out of ten and i don't really care what good he thinks <laughs> It's it's just the best thing to do. Now, if 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 that's Goody, um, he'll have to wait till next hour. <laughs> and who would that be, Joe? Actually, it's uh, Ron. He's your first caller. Okay, Ron. Good morning to you. How can I help you today? Morning, Mark. Um, I got. Uh, I, I'm from Mesa, Arizona, but I traveled to uh, San Luis Obispo, California, to uh -huh. visit my daughter. And my wife and I were planning on leaving tomorrow morning. Well, yesterday <clears throat> when I uh, took the truck, I have a 2015 GMC diesel, three-quarter ton. And on the dash where the 
the uh, speedometer is, it came up that it said service exhaust fluid system, and I'm going to be reduced to 65 miles per hour in 87 miles. And I thought, oh, man, I can't drive 11 hours back to Mesa uh, with that on there. And I called a few of the shops, and nobody's open out here on Saturday. So I was thinking, is there a fix to this? Is this a real problem? If I drove all the way home at 65 on that, would it hurt anything? No, you don't want to do that. You, okay. you, sh- you don't want to do that. Um, what what it's saying is is you, first of all you put DEF in a separate tank. Yes. Yes. Okay. First of all, is the tank full? Uh, probably not. When I got here a couple of weeks ago, it said it was low, and I was, I had like four hundred miles to go. Okay. So I put I put one bottle in one okay. of the two and a half gallons or something. Okay. Okay. Um. It, I think you need to go into your owner's manual or have your wife go into the owner's manual because us guys really don't know how to read the owner's manual. I but spent o- about an hour yesterday, so I'm, I'm a little frustrated. Okay. Um, we use urea, which is your DEF, diesel exhaust fluid, to help light this device that consumes the carbon that's coming out of the tailpipe. If it thinks that you've run out of DEF, then it's it 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 can take control of your truck and reduce your speed significantly. Yeah. So you can get on the internet and and do a process for regeneration on your 15 Duramax. Okay. And there may very well be something out there that says do this, honk the horn, wave a dead chicken around your head, kiss your wife yep. once, um, you know that kind of stuff. Then do this and do that. Now you've already gone from Mesa to California, or you haven't left yet. No, we we are in California now. Head, we want to head back tomorrow morning. But okay. I, we, play, uh, if 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 you don't have an answer, I, I, I'm hoping you do, but I don't think you will. Well, unless I have to take it in. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't. I think. Um, I don't know if you're looking in the right or wrong direction, but there's going to be something in your manual that talks to this, and I think what it's going to say to you, and I'm, I'm just, I'm going off of memory here. I think it's going to say you need to put some DEF in this. I need to see a couple of key cycles, more than one, so you can't put it in uh, when it's running, drive it home, then start it up once and head home. So we may need to see some key cycles in there. We need to, we may need to see some heat up. Key cycles and heat cycles. So I would certainly drive it around in California there. I might even get on a freeway and go 30 miles one way and come back 30 miles the other. It needs to see the catalytic converter light. It needs to know that you have DEF in the tank. And it's going to take care of itself. And I think this is a warning that in 87 miles, I'm going to shut you down. And when that happens, um, you're going to be your wife's really going to be mad at you because 65 is a generous mile per hour they're going to give you. So I think it's it's so I think you look in your owner's manual again. Just look one more time and look for that particular light. Look at dashboard instrument. Look under the section of warning lights and stuff. But I'm pretty sure it's going to tell you check your DEF first, and then I think now have you done a bunch of small driving? With no engine heat ups and cool downs while you're in California, I mean just small distances here to there, here to there. Have you been on the freeways? No, I've been doing small. Di- you know, running my grandkids everywhere, football okay. practices, and 
just having fun with them, you know. All right. No, and, and that's fine. That's why I think you ought to go 30 miles up, 30 miles back. Just go take an hour's drive. Um, and I probably would pull it out of high gear and pull it down one gear and bring the RPMs up to about 2,000 when I'm on the freeway. And mm-hmm. that's going to really get everything warm. And then after you turn the key off and turn the key back on, what you're looking for is that light to go away. Has it gone away today, right now? No, I went out and checked. It's okay. still there. All right. Well, I think you ought to run on the freeway. I think you ought to just look at your manual one more time. This is a, a, You can overcome this situation. You just have to know the procedure to do that. And um, frankly, I don't know the specific procedure, but I think I've given you a, an outline of what the procedure would be. But good luck one way or the other, Ron. And, you know, by the time you get out of of the major cities, there's a good chance that you'll be fine. But if not, there'll also be a good chance to hold up at a Motel 6 for the night and then hit somebody tomorrow morning. Or actually, if that's the case, you probably just ought to stay where you're at and come back on Monday if you're kind of worried about that. Unless you can get the light to go out. If you can get to the light to go out by doing the procedure, I think you'll be fine. Anyway, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Real quick, let me tell you something about a shop that's on my best car repair shops list. That's Auto Dynamics in Sun City. It's really large. It's very trusted. They've been around a long time, since 1982. Chuck Knighty and his son Derek own and operate Automotive Dynamics. Chuck is somewhat retired. Derek has got the reins, and he's a young man I'm very proud of. He's very smart. He's very proactive, and he's a great businessman. And he's not necessarily that way because of his father's no way, no different than my kids are because of me. Nevertheless, they have staff and technicians that's not paid a commission or a percentage of a repair bill. Therefore, they don't and won't sell you unnecessary parts or repair. It's it's an unusual situation, but we're all watching to see how this affects everything in his business, and so far he's very happy with doing that. So basically everybody's on a salary. So if you're looking for a great shop in the Sun City area, I'd like to recommend Automotive Dynamics to the north side of Grand Avenue, just west of 99th Avenue. We'll be back. Phoenix Body Works is a family-owned and operated collision repair facility that opened in 1982. That's over 35 years ago, helping family and friends with their collision repair needs with unparalleled honesty, integrity, and quality. We have grown into the finest collision repair facility in the Valley of the Sun. We are located on 19th Avenue, one half block north of Deer Valley Road. We're open Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. and on Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 12 noon for estimates. Give us a call at 623-582-1434 or visit our website at www.phxbodyworks.com, view our YouTube video, or read our Yelp reviews. Remember, it's your vehicle, and you decide who repairs your vehicle, not the insurance company. We work with all insurance companies on your behalf and eliminate the stress of dealing with the repairs. We are not beholden to the insurance company. At Phoenix Body Works, we work for you. This is the Terminator. Listen to America's money ace of the airways, Victoria McVeigh, here at 960 The Patriot. She's smart, savvy, and a serial entrepreneur. So grab your wine, whiskey, or Perrier and come play with Victoria McVeigh on Sundays at 8 p.m. She'll have you saying hasta la vista, baby, to your financial dismay. 
Hi there. I'm here for my flu shot, and I heard there's an option for people 65 and older. There is, but you actually have to be 65. Very flattering. Thanks. I'm Judith Light. You know who I am, right? I just turned 65, and I know your immune system gets weaker with age, and I don't want to miss a day of work or risk spreading the flu to other people. Well, I don't think we've met before, but what I do know is you can't be 65. Okay. What if I said I only have one life to live and I need protection against the flu? Nope. No. How about who's the boss of my health? I am. Huh. Flu season is here and people 65 and older need to ask about the vaccine made specifically for their age. Flu vaccination is especially important for people with chronic conditions like diabetes and heart disease, which can worsen with the flu. I'm so sorry about that. I thought you were like 35. Don't apologize. Visit the National Council on Aging at ncoa.org slash flu to learn more and talk to your doctor about vaccine options for people 65 and older. Tanning, indoors or out, increases your risk of skin cancer, including melanoma, the second most common cancer in young adults and the leading cause of cancer death in women 25 to 30. Tanning doesn't make me look healthier. My ambition does. Tanning doesn't make me stand out. My drive does. Tanning can cause wrinkles, age spots, and even melanoma, the cancer that kills one person every hour. And using tanning beds significantly increases your risk of developing melanoma. Tanning doesn't make me glow. My individuality does. Tanning doesn't make me feel better about myself. I got the job. Yeah. Congrats. My confidence does. Tanning doesn't make you more beautiful. It only makes you more at risk. Stop tanning. Learn more at spotskincancer.org. A message from the American Academy of Dermatology. The mechanic raised 21 up minutes after the hour, 10 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, and we're talking about cars and car repair. 602-508-0960. And hey, Ron, um, I googled the following data and it says uh, dash says quote 89 miles to i probably should back up just a little bit and see what the heck it says but um, 89 miles to reduce speed end quote and there's a whole bunch of stuff in there that gives you advice about the def and the warning system and all that other kind of stuff and many of them are, are up to date so Google dash says, and then quote, 89 miles to reduce speed, comma, 65 miles an hour, end quote, and boom, you'll have a lot of stuff there that will help you out determine whether you're going to make it home or not. Let me tell you real quick about a shop in uh, in Mesa, and it's the only shop in Mesa that I recommend you use, Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing, since 1970, and many years before that, the Thompson family and Vivian family have been in the car repair business in Mesa. Uh, it goes back to 1968 when I remember. So they have ASE certified technicians. They're really good people. And Brian and Thelma own and operate Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing. They're on Main Street just east of Stapley, the south side of the road. Main, Stapley, south side of the road, east side. You have to just meet them, shake their hands to understand why I'm so excited to have them on my best car repair shops list because they really, truly have your interest in front of their own. Thompson's Auto Repair, Main Street east of Stapley, south side of the road. David, good morning. How can I help you? Good morning, Mark. Uh, love your program, Greg. Very Thank informative. You. My daughter's car, sure everybody who calls is always their son or daughter's car. Mm-hmm. 
her left turn signal doesn't work. And I ran a multimeter to the connector, and I'm not getting any juice there. So she had kind of a floppy turn signal switch, and I replaced that, and it worked. The turn signal came on, and then the next day she called and said it wasn't working again. Then I read where... Then I read where it could be the uh, hazard switch because the blaster could be in there, so I replaced that with no help. And uh, right now I'm stuck at what to do. Okay. When you did the multimeter, where did you do your testing? At the connector. Okay. You didn't do it at the socket? Yeah, the you, socket where the, where the bulb plugs in, yeah. Okay, so that's what I want to know. You took the bulb out, and you actually checked right there at the socket. Yes. So you put um, positive lead to one and negative lead to the other, and you could get it to flash. I couldn't get any power at all. Okay. See, I don't agree with your process, because that's just not... Um, obviously, you're in the same position as you were before. What what we do is is we verify power and ground at the socket, and you should have not only checked the turn signal for that socket, but you should have turned the hazards on at the same time. And that would tell you whether or not you have a good ground and good power. It's also important to know that if you lose a ground, you won't have any power, and that's a real common problem with the socket itself. So when you put the light bulb in, it doesn't have a ground connection. So even though you think you have power, it it doesn't have power because there's no ground there. And, of course, we need to light the bulb with the ground and power. So if you want my advice, I would say let's back this train way up. Let's not replace any more parts. Grab that socket, take it, put a pair of regular pliers around the socket, and just kind of squeeze it a little bit where the bulb is a little tighter when you put it in. And then every time she doesn't have a signal, her dash lights will show her that she doesn't have a functioning signal. Have her go into the four ways and see if that makes a difference. If it's a bad socket, it won't. Now, there's another thing. We're going to use that same link from the turn signal switch from the hazards forward. So it's not likely that you're going to have a hazard switch or a turn signal switch at the same time go bad because one's going to kind of override the other. So... It's possible that you can lose a socket or lose a connection and have both of those not flash that, but that's part of the process because if both hazards and turn signals don't make it happen, then it's going to be at the socket or the bulb. So, And I would probably take make sure the key's off, make sure the key's in your pocket, take a little steel wool and clean the inside of the socket up. Look at the two lead buttons on the bottom of the socket, and if they're smashed then you might want to just cut the two wires or three wires off the, that socket because it could have park lights, it could have turn signals, and a, a, a filament, a dual filament, and then a ground as well. So I, I don't know, but that's kind of what I want you to do first. I want to go back to the socket, and, and you can turn on the turn signal. If it doesn't work, then go ahead, gently take it apart, and then wiggle the bulb and push the bulb 3 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 12 o'clock in the socket, 12 o'clock, 6 o'clock. And if it starts working, then Mark's right, the socket's the problem. And most of the time you can fix the socket. Most of the time you can fix it. So do me a favor, mark at marksalem.com. Let me know how I did. 
I'd be interested to see what you found, because if it's not what I think it is, which is the socket, then I'm interested in learning from you. So thank you very much, David. And and there is, go ahead, did you have anything else? No, just thanks for your help. I'll okay. get that a whirl and see what happens. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. It's Folks, it's difficult to know the process, and you have to be experienced in order to do that. And the YouTube University on the Internet is someplace that you should not go. It's okay to go there and look. It's okay to go there and just try a couple of easy things. But it's not okay to go out there because some guy, some lady, some man, somewhere in the world is telling you how to fix your car and they're scambling with your money. And I don't think that's a good idea. Now, I want to tell you, I spend a lot of time in the... In, on the internet with that exact same thing. And I want to tell you that 95% of the time when I'm looking for a specific symptom, I will not find the right answer. 95% of the time. And here's the problem. The person that's helping you, you don't know if they're a baker or a candlestick maker. You don't know what kind of skills they have. But I want to tell you that I'm only as good as the information you give me. It's kind of like giving me directions to your house. If you miss a left turn, I'm never going to get there. And if I ask you a question and you say yes and it's really a no, I'm not going to get there. So when you get on the Internet, you run into that same kind of problem. If one person says yes when it's really a no or says no when it's really a yes, that's going to create a problem. And the the idea is is that most of the time... A diagnosis is going to be cheaper than one or two guesses off the Internet. Rick put a turn signal switch. He didn't say what kind of car it is, and I didn't ask him. And To me, it didn't make much difference. But he put a turn signal switch and a hazard switch in it. And I can virtually guarantee you that every shop in this town, 50% of the shops in this town, would have diagnosed that problem for less than he spent on those two parts. But I also can tell you that this kind of a situation... There is a strong possibility that this is going to cost $35 to find it and a dollar to fix it. And that happens a lot, especially with electrical issues, bad connections, the grounds corroded, blah, blah, blah. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. The lines are wide open. you got a 100% chance. Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons Tom and Paul operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates, and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint, and it's waterborne paint, so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. The eyes of the nation are on Arizona. Election Day, November 6th, is almost here, and the control of the Senate is on the line. This decision from Arizona voters could change the course of our country for the coming years. 
And 960 The Patriot is taking it head on with ultimate decisions, Arizona's future, and the defense of liberty. This one-night event, September 13th at Scottsdale Center for the Performing Arts with the Patriots' own Hugh Hewitt, Larry Elder, and Dennis Prager tackle the biggest issues facing our country and state. General admission and preferred seating tickets available now. Plus, we've got exclusive VIP meet-and-greet tickets. Take a picture, mingle, enjoy the best seats in the house, and get a special coin courtesy of Patriot Trading Group. All for being a VIP, courtesy of Patriot Trading Group. Tickets and info at 960thepatriot.com. Ultimate decisions, September 13th at 7 p.m. 960thepatriot.com. So, Justin, I was playing that video game Forest Brigade, and it was pretty cool. I was running down this, like, digital path, and I met this digital frog, and he was all like... Then I went playing in this virtual stream where this water... It looked almost real. It was this whole electronic forest world. So what did you do? Well, my parents took me to the forest. The real forest. Where I was running down this... Well, it was an actual path. Then I saw this real-life frog. It was all, like, ribbit, and I saw an owl, too. Then I played in this amazing stream with water around my ankles, like wet water. Then me and my sister and my parents sat around a campfire and told cool stories all night long. Oh, that's uh, pretty cool, too. This weekend, unplug. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Take an ordinary putty knife and scrape off the old wax ring. Place the new wax ring over the flange, then line up the bolts with the bowl and gently set in place, making sure a proper seal is created with the flange and drain. Next. Um, Dad? Uh, yeah, sweetie. Is that an old plumbing manual? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, honey. We really need to get some new books. Right, um, do do you want me to stop? Nah, I kind of want to know how it ends. Okay, tighten the bolts, line up the flushing valve to the opening in the top of the bowl, and secure the tank with a screwdriver and crescent wrench. (laughs) The smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. All about that demon, all the Thirty-four minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, and we're going to get back to the show real quick. But first, let me tell you about Kurt's Auto Repair. He's at Bell Road and I-17. There's been many times that I have sent someone to Kurtz and in his particular case gosh darn it we got this buzzing noise going on here that I don't know where it went anyway when when you talk about Kurtz he's just pulled a rabbit out of his hat more times than you can possibly imagine it's important to understand are we still on the air Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't know. Nevertheless, 602-508-0960, and Kurtz is a great guy. He has ASC certified technicians, and he works on both gas and diesel. I-17 and Bell, northeast corner. Paul, good morning. How can I help you this morning? Hi. I have a question on a 2003 Q45. It's a 2003 what? Q45. Okay. 
245. Okay, all right. Um, it seems to be really sensitive in trying to complete the circuit to start the engine, uh, even so much as saying in the manual, if it doesn't make a circuit, jiggle a wheel, which means it's obviously sensitive. Is there any way to bypass the steering column and complete the starting circuit? <laughs> well, we on this show, we talk about symptoms. And so I don't even have any symptoms. I have your diagnosis, and then you're asking me to, you know, con- well, to deal with your diagnosis. I'd much rather we start at the beginning of this train. So what I hear you saying is, is when you go to hit the key, you're going to have three possibilities. No noise, a click only, or a crank. And which one don't you have, or which one do you have? Uh, it doesn't complete the circuit to the solenoid to power up the starter. Okay. You're making a conclusion there. <laughs> and, well, I and, assume. Okay. Well, that's that's what we have to get past. So, again, there's only three things that's going to happen when you hit the ignition key. What I hear you saying is, is there's no click at all. No. There's there's no clicking. No, no. There's no cranking. There's neither one of those two things. Okay. The circuit Does, doesn't complete. Sometimes you can <laughs> turn the fob a couple times and it will. Other than that, uh, try to make sure that the wheels are perfectly in line with the vehicle when you stop. So when okay. you get back in, it'll start up. Okay, that has I'm nothing to do with the price the of cheese column. at all. Nothing whatsoever, whether the steering wheel is to the left or to the right or whether you've got it pointed towards north, south, east, west. It has nothing to do with it. Well, I um, assume they shouldn't, except why would they tell you this is what you do if it doesn't work? So you want me now to comment on someone who told you this, and we don't know what his credentials are or anything. Paul, let me just go to the chat. Just go to the go to MarkSalem.com, print out FAQ 28, and, and if you want to diagnose it yourself, you can do it right there. FAQ 28, go to MarkSalem.com, and it'll help you out. It'll walk you through the diagnostic processes because we're not getting anywhere. We're not talking about well, you're on channel A and I'm on channel B. And it has nothing. I've never seen a car in the world, and I've been working on cars for 39 years. I, I, my shop services 5,000 cars a, a year. I've never seen anything what you're talking about. Now, I've seen cars that don't click. I see cars that click but don't start or crank, and then I see cars that crank but won't catch. But you talk about the fob and the steering wheel and all that kind of stuff, doesn't have anything to do with what's going on with you. So we're going in the wrong direction, so I need to move on. Thank you very much, Paul. Bill, you're up next. How can I help you? Mark, I have a 1979 Chevy pickup, and I'm the original owner of it. Um, never had AC in it. I'm looking at putting an under-the-dash AC unit in, and there's quite a few different brands out there. I was wondering if you had any experience with those. Well, it's not the brand that's, that's, that's important. It's the installation of the brand. Now, do you, are you going to do this yourself? Yes. Okay. Do these kits come with all the brackets for the compressor, the hoses, the condenser, the evaporator? And the evaporator's in the under the dash unit um, that you're talking about. Does it come with all of that stuff so it's plug and play, kind of? Yes, it looks like I could actually order it for a 79 Chevy. Okay, and good, good. And anything needs modification, I'm capable of doing that. Okay, all right. This on a 1 to 10 scale is going to be about an 8. 
on a 1 to 10 scale with 10 being really difficult and 1 being pretty easy. So I, I, I don't know the answer to your question, and I'm not going to recognize the names of these particular kits that you're, you're going to do, but I can tell you what I would do if I were you. I would find the model number or the part number for the kit, and then I would go and I would Google that with the word reviews after it. I would also Google the, the places you're buying this from, and I also would Google their name plus the word reviews. I would look at Google reviews, Yelp reviews, and any other reviews that you can think of. I think you'll find there the answer to your question. I, If I were doing this, I would be, I would be interested in what compressor that they're going to they're going to send me and I think an A6 would be appropriate for your particular year making model of truck. I would also look for the biggest condenser. So ask them what size is the condenser that you're going to send me and that's the part that goes in front of the radiator. I would also ask them do I need an auxiliary electric fan or does the fan shroud and the clutch fan I have now sufficient? And then I would also ask them if it's an R134 system or if it's an R12 system. That may not make much difference, but I still want to know. And a 134 system is going to need a bigger condenser than a 12 system is. And there's going to be people that tell you that 12 is not available anymore and it's really hard to find and that's all BS. I mean, I've got a couple thousand ounces of, of 12 and so does a whole lot of guys that I know and with our recycling equipment we're not going through it like we used to so we're going to suck eight, in, eight ounces out of your truck and and you take 22 so we're going to put your eight ounce well you take 12 so we're going to put your eight back in and then add four to it so as you can see I'm not going to sell you but just half as much as you need because I'm going to put the old stuff back in I'm going to clean it and remove the water and the metal first and then give it back to you so the the and then also look at the the wiring diagram and the under the dash unit is going to have wires that go through the firewall to the front. There's going to be a low pressure switch, probably have two wires on it. Then there's going to be a compressor um, feed that's going to fire that compressor up. So make sure that that harness has a grommet and stuff like that to go through the firewall, so that when you put it through the firewall, you have all the stuff. But that's the best advice I can give you. And if you want to continue the conversation or if you want to ask another question, I'm happy to help you at Mark at MarkSalem.com. Mark at MarkSalem.com. And if you send me an email, I'm pretty good at getting back. If you leave your phone number, I'll call you from my block cell phone. You'll need to pay attention to that, and we can talk about it. Anyway, I'm going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Harmon, you'll be my first caller. I'm sorry I didn't get to you in this eight-minute segment, but we'll be back right after this. Now you have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Automotive was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online directory. They're proud of their A-plus rating. Thunderbird Automotive has ASE certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Automotive offers a free courser inspection on every vehicle, the same one that some charge $49 for. They now offer a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have to stop in to Thunderbird Automotive at 88th Avenue in Thunderbird, just west of the 101. For more information, visit them online at ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Or drive right in at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird, just west of the 101. 
You need a plan as you get closer to retirement. A plan that will take you from where you are now to the retirement you've always dreamed about. The first step on that path is to tune in to Retire Financially Fit with Phyllis every Saturday morning at 8. Your host is Phyllis Sachs-Pilvinas. She's the founder of PSP and Associates. You only retire once, but Phyllis helps people retire every day. Don't miss Retire Financially Fit with Phyllis every Saturday morning at 8 on 960 The Patriot. You're never too old, too wacky, too wild to pick up a book and read with a child. This is Andrew Morrill, president of the Arizona Education Association. Reading to your child now can spark a lifetime of reading and learning. Parents, we know you're tired at the end of a long day, but by taking just a few minutes to read with your child, you'll be setting them on a path towards reading and learning on their own. And studies show students who read and are read too do better in school and in life. So have books that interest your child around your home. If your child enjoys sports, have books about sports. If your child enjoys ballet, have books about dancing. With parents and teachers working together, every child in Arizona can learn to read. And reading may be the most important thing they'll ever learn. A message from the Arizona Education Association. to deliver a very important message about this radio station, 960 The Patriot. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt. And this is Dennis Prager. You've heard me talk about the American Trinity, E Pluribus Unum, and God We Trust and Liberty, the three things that set the United States apart. It's a powerful idea, Dennis, and this radio station is a place where powerful ideas and principles thrive every day. We never forget that faith and freedom are part of what make our country exceptional. There are some people in high places who apologize for America. That's something this radio station will never do. When you listen to 960 The Patriot, we promise not to insult your intelligence and to speak the truth. And we'll prefer clarity over agreement. Right. This is what our radio station is all about. And as long as you're there to listen to us, we'll be here for you. Please tell your friends about it. Absolutely tell our sponsors that you appreciate their support for this radio station. Intelligent Talk 960, The Patriot. Well, welcome back, everybody. 45 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. I want to talk to you about S&S Tire real quick. They've been open since 1976. They're on their second generation with respect to who's running it. And the two young men that run it are really good, and I'm very proud of them as much as I would if they were my kids because they know right from wrong, and that's the most important part of car repair and making sure that you raise your hand when perhaps maybe your technician's taken a different path than you would. Nevertheless, they have three locations in the West Valley, Peoria, Surprise, and Goodyear. They have the most comprehensive line of tires and many different brands of the same size, That way you can say, give me a good, better, best kind of pricing structure for four tires, and then you can make up your decision what you want. Now, in addition to that, they also do all the stuff related to tires like alignments and suspension work. So if you need a tire from a wheelbarrow to a tractor and everything in between, then S&S Tire is a great place. And if you're in the West Valley, Surprise, Peoria, and Goodyear perhaps would be one of the shops that you would patronize. Let's go to the. Uh, let's go back to the callers and Her- and Harmon. Thank you for holding. How can I help you? Well, I got um, a couple of different musical questions. Uh, one is, you know, a couple of weeks ago you were talking about parking brake adjustment by the parking brake. I was always thought that 
going up around here that uh, parking brake was just for changing tires. But I, my truck, so I started trying to pump that up, and I haven't got it to move to go clear the floor, and they've never come up any. Okay. It's probably locked up. Well, um, do you have drum rear brakes, or um, no, do you have yeah, disc rear? Yeah. No, wait. Do you have drum or disc? Disc. Okay. All right. So when you apply the parking brake, does it even work at all? So if you put it in drive and you apply the parking brake, does it hold the vehicle or not? No. Okay. Well, um, the, normally the parking brake cables go to the rotor or to the, the uh, calipers on a rear disc. And when you use the parking brake, there's kind of a ratcheting device that pushes the piston out and gives you the parking brake. So by applying the parking brake numerous times and assuming that the pistons are, can, can work and we can ratchet them out, it takes basically the play away. So it just tightens up how the pads sit on the rotor. So instead of being real far away and we have to move a bunch of fluid for them to contact the pads, it, we get them really close to the rotor so that we can have a nice firm pedal. So I would probably determine whether or not the cables go to the, to the calipers and I can tell you that there is a specific process when you change calipers, when you change pads, on how you're supposed to deal with that. Because if you just take the pads off and put new pads on and you sink the caliper backwards, the piston backwards in the caliper, that's not the proper procedure. Sometimes it's as simple as taking the cable off and just grabbing a hold of that arm and just sitting there ratcheting the arm back and forth, left and right, until you can see the piston moving out slowly because it's kind of a ratcheting device. So I think what I'd do is, is I'd go to the auto parts store and have them pull a caliper for your vehicle. And then I'd probably read the directions that come with the caliper. You're just going to borrow the box for a minute to read the directions and then tell them you'll get back with them. And I'm pretty sure the directions inside the box will tell you how to adjust the caliper. To, and now, another thing you got to do is crawl underneath the vehicle and apply the parking brake and see if the cables are even moving. Because if the cables aren't moving, then that's your problem, and you have to get that done first. But if they're moving, it's a good idea to, to figure out how to ratchet those pistons out just a little bit. But you, your problem is is the parking brake's not working at all, and we got to get that working first. Okay? Yeah, it's uh, 160,000 miles and with the original original pad still on it. <laughs> and like I said, I'm like you, I grew up here on the other side of town and uh, flat land, you know, parking brakes just to change the tires. <laughs> okay. Now, yeah. now if it's yeah. a newer model car, the backside of the rotor is called a hat. So the rotor literally looks like a hat, where the brim of my baseball hat is the rotor itself, but it goes over the top of my head. That's called a hat rotor. Sometimes we have yeah. a too small pair of shoes in there, and you can usually see them. And those two yeah. pairs of shoes actually work the parking brake. So they may need to be adjusted. So the real question yeah. is, is are, do you have a hat rotor where you have two small brake shoes in the inside of the back of the rotor, and those are supposed to be attached to your pedal to your parking brake pedal so that's kind of now if you take it to a shop i'm going to guess here that they're probably going to look at this and this might be one of those things that we're going to look at it for forty dollars or fifty dollars and we're going to go ahead and adjust everything up for another twenty that could very well be it obviously i can't give you direct pricing because i don't know what's wrong with it i'm just guessing that most of us are going to be in that arena okay okay Uh, my other question is shop i'm at the opposite end of south mountain from you so it's like you or Larry Harper or I go to work out there 
close to SNL. Okay. And that's about the choices. <laughs> okay. Well, um, it it. <laughs> Any 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 one any one of us can can do it. I know Harkers can do it. I would probably yeah. call S and S and ask them if they can 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 help you with getting your parking brake on your da 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 Chevy Ford Chrysler Plymouth Toyota whatever. If they can get your parking brake to operate, and um, because they do alignment and suspension work, and alignment involves rear end, and so I, I would imagine they could. But just call. I know we can, and I know Harkers can. Bob can. So those are your the three of us. Are, three out of three can probably take care of it. Yeah. Hey, the other question I got: I have an '05 Chrysler 300. I've got have trouble. I'm guessing with the air conditioning switch. It's like my air conditioning won't blow on high, but it will blow on off. And then the now the headlight switch is starting to do things. It's a '05, and I know a lot of the plastic starting to throw sun damage because we have this entire life outside. Am I uh, am I looking at that? Not a big deal to fix those few things, or should I uh, should I be looking at them? Well, I tell everybody when they're going to bail out of their car because they're faced with a big bill. I don't know if you're going to buy a used car, um, but you're buying somebody else's problem that may have a problem just like yours is, and and yeah. you step out of the kettle and into the fire. And if you're going to you're going to get rid of the, the the vehicle and go buy a new one, I can do four years of maintenance on your car for the tax and license of your new car. So I can fix anything on your car. I could put a motor in it if right. if you buy a new car because the tax and license will cover a motor. So it's it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. I, I, I don't know. On, on your 300, what I heard you say, because you're kind of garbled, but I heard you say that you have speeds one, two, and three, but you don't have four. Is that right? I don't have four. What it, when it started... It wouldn't blow on high. I clicked it back one, and it came on on high. And then a little later, and there for a while, I was running with one of the mid-speeds, I'm not sure which, on off. And I was afraid to touch it. The other day, I went ahead and moved it, and I got it to blow one speed higher. And But it still, it worked. But the high position doesn't work at all. Okay. Off all right. still is on. Okay. You, you have a... <laughs> You have an intermittent problem with the blower switch, and the blower switch setting doesn't match the blower's operation. So right. on speeds 1, 2, and 3, we go through a resistor. On speed 4, we just send 12 volts to the blower motor. It could be the blower motor's acting up. It could be a, you know, it, I mean, that it could be a lot of things, but it's most likely going to be the switch or the resistor or the blower motor. And right. frankly, yeah. none of those, are, are, none of those um, scare the hell out of me. All righty? Okay. Now the headlights have started doing that intermittent on and off. Sometimes when I'm driving during the daytime, the headlights come on and they go off. You know, the dash lights go up and down. And the headlights are on, and so wait a minute. The dash lights. Wait a minute. The dash lights go on and off. You know, they go bright and dim. You know, like they go dim when the headlights are on. Okay, they're supposed to do that though, right? Yeah, but it's doing it on its own. When okay. the headlights are supposed to be off in the daytime, the headlights are coming on and going off, coming on okay. and going off. All right. I, I, I don't know what that is. Um, I, I Last time I saw that, somebody had bought a brand-new dash mat and covered up the sensor on the dash that's supposed to make that it, happen. So It doesn't I, have It does not have the automatic. Okay. I, I'm just guessing. All right. It has to have some kind of a sensor to tell it night from day. So I don't know if the sensor's covered up. I don't know if somebody spilled a soda pop on the sensor. I don't even know where the sensor's at. 
All I'm telling you is, is you're telling me a symptoms, and I'm telling you it's probably related to the sensor that determines when it's day and night. So, I mean, you can go in and replace the headlight switch if that's what you want, or you can do whatever you want to do. But I think what you do is, is and, and that's what's part of the, the, the whole process of car repair, is d- discussing. I ask questions, and you give me answers. If you give me the wrong answer, or you make a conclusion that said, no, it's not the sensor, then you've made a hard right turn, and I'm never going to get to where I need to go If you, because there's three answers, yes, no, or I don't know. But the, the communication is so important with car repair. We ha- and, and really and truly, it has, it's not a problem for ladies. Th- they don't come in and tell us how to fix their car. They don't come in and tell us that they don't, they don't if, skip the symptoms and just tell us what they think it is. The guys do that, but the women never do that. And that's why when a woman walks into a car repair shop, she's worried about getting ripped off because she doesn't know anything. But she doesn't understand that we want to hug her for just giving us the symptoms. And oftentimes it's going to be a lot less money than a guy who comes in with a hairy chest and starts telling us how to fix his cars and he won't give us the symptoms or he just blows past the symptoms. But he wants us to check the grounds here and he wants us to check the blower motor here and he wants us to check the resistor here and he wants us to check the high speed and he wants us to check all that circuit. We don't even know what we're doing, but yes, sir, we'll do it. At $125 an hour, that's kind of a bad idea. But anyway, uh, uh, Harmon, it, it, these are all fixable. I just can't fix them over the air because um, I, I, I just can't fix them over the air. Anyway, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Let me tell you about another really good shop in the uh, automotive industry, and that's Automatic Transmission Exchange. He's the only transmission in f- shop in Phoenix that, that I say you should go to. He's been around since 1968. He's at 40th Street in Washington, the north side of the road. And Phil's been around since transmissions were first, automatics were first there. He started with the Power Glide, and he's, trans- he's changed and moved perfectly into the electronic computer-controlled transmissions that instead of using fluid and little bitty balls and springs to shift you from first to second, we're actually using electronic solenoids that open and close at a certain time to give you first, second, third, fourth, fifth overdrive and lockup. So Phil has all that down, and he can build your transmission if you need to, if that's what you need, to your OEM specifications or more than that. But he says that many times when people come in and think that they're going to need a transmission, it really isn't going to necessitate a complete rebuild. And he does leaks, and he does services, and he does all this kind of transmission stuff. Even if the flywheel or the flex plate's broken on your car, Phil can take care of that. So that's Automatic Transmission Exchange. We call it ATE at 40th Street in Washington. We're going to come back in just a few minutes with another hour. You're welcome to load the line, 602-508-0960. And if you'll just give me the year, make, and model of your car, maybe the mileage, and then tell me what the symptoms are. We can start off on a on a good foot. Or you can tell me about a circumstance that you want me to comment on, as long as you don't use anybody's names and tell me, you know, what the situation is or what the problem is and, and, and ask me, you know, what do I think of it or something like that. I can I can usually do that. And anyway, that the easy way to do that is six oh two five oh eight zero nine sixty. Six oh two five oh eight zero nine sixty. My name's Mark Salem and we'll be back in about six minutes. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.